And it is another edition of What's Involved. So good to have you along with us. I thought tonight we'd uh, have a look at some of the, you know, the stories surrounding COVID, particularly after having just chatted to uh, Tracy Todd there. So uh, my next guest, a very special guest, is Dr. Ali Parker. Oh, uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. So uh, I know that uh, chatting to you is always, uh, we always sort of are very aware of the fact that you are practicing uh, medicine currently. So I never know whether you kind of, are you are you sort of have you worked overnight? Are you on call? All of those things. But let's let's start off at the very beginning for those who might have missed out on uh, one of our previous chats. Um, in terms of of what you do, give us a brief breakdown of of who Ali Parker is. Okay, so I am a um, a community service medical officer at um, New Somerset Hospital, um, which is in Cape Town. Uh, it's a public hospital. Um, and I am in the emergency medicine department. So things that I do is basically I will be the first doctor that sees you um, when you come into the emergency center, whether that is for uh, something of a medical cause like chest pain. So like I'll deal with all of the heart attacks, the strokes, um, all the way to all of the trauma. If you've been you know, been shot or you were in a, a car accident or anything like that, I will deal with uh, kiddies when they come in sick, um, pregnant women, um, any surgical emergency. So yeah, any. I'm basically the first line doctor that sees you and then I decide which department you need to go to or whether you need to be admitted or not. Okay, good. So if my understanding then is correct, is if somebody had uh, COVID symptoms, you would be the first one that would, would see them when they came in. Am I correct? Yes, you are correct in saying that. Good. So then you are the very person we need to speak to about all of these uh, COVID myths. By the way, uh, this edition of the Education Show is brought to you by ENS Africa. Um, and that is how uh, Ali kindly agreed to have a chat to us uh, again. So, I mean, you know, one of the things that we have learned, Ali, during this this COVID pandemic is that there are an amazing amount of... Uh, specialists who have researched this subject deeply on the internet um, and everybody is actually a uh, or considers themselves to be uh, a COVID expert so let's let's talk to somebody who actually knows about what it is that is going on so let's start right at the big, very beginning vaccines for pneumonia somebody said to me the other day if you got a pneumonia vaccine it's going to protect you against coronavirus so let's start there okay that's definitely incorrect um each vaccine is specific for the organism or the bug or let's call it the bug or the germ that causes that particular pneumonia so a pneumonia basically means infection of the lung tissue um and coronavirus or COVID-19 is only one kind of infection or one kind of organism that can cause a pneumonia. There are many different kinds of infections that we see and that we treat every single day. So if you've been vaccinated for the flu vaccine, you know, that people have been getting for, you know, the last 10, 20 years, that doesn't necessarily, well, that doesn't protect you against the coronavirus itself. Each vaccine is targeted at a different organism. So that's definitely not true. Right. Okay. Let's move on now. Um, there's so many. I mean, I've got a whole list here in front of me, and I don't know if we're going to get to all of them. 
But um, one of the things, and I actually made a joke about it um, on uh, on Facebook. When did I do it? A couple of days ago, was that you know I've now had my my second uh, my second virus uh, or my second. Uh, vaccine jab, and I can now get brilliant 5G reception. Um, <laughs> the the people that know laughed. Um, the rest of them were not a very happy with me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so talk talk to me about this. Okay, um, that the, the you know vaccines that we get this vaccine because there's yeah. so many people that are going it's experimental. And it, yeah. it's going to be the, the mark of the beast and they're going to put microchips in front of you. Um, what is the reality there? You work with this stuff. So let's go to what are the basics of what a vaccine is. So a vaccine is a weakened form or a dead version of that particular organism, um, which is then um injected into the host body so in this case it would be the human because it's weak it's weakened or it's dead the host's immune system so that's our immune system will then target those particular organisms and kill them and because they were weakened they don't put up much of a fight so your body creates a memory to fight it if you come in contact with it again that's all a vaccine is it's basically a weak version of the germ so that when you do come in contact with the proper germ, the full-blown virus, you are really protected. You have all of the memory, you have all of the ammunition to go and fight the actual disease. It's basically preparation in the likelihood that you will come in contact with it. Aha, uh -huh. no okay. Mind. Now that, no you see, that, that kind of, that was what I understood about it. But uh, so, so they're not injecting microchips in us for us to get tracked in any way. And the 5G towers are not Bill Gates's way of finding out where we are. <laughs> Look, I mean, I think we would all love to walk around with 5G, but unfortunately, I don't think anybody's sophisticated enough for that. Um, but no, definitely not. It's um, it's it's just a weakened form of the the actual virus that gets you know placed into our immune system so that we can prepare ourselves and fight the disease should we come in contact with it. And what happens is when you immunize a large group of people, the virus itself will die out because everybody is sort of protected against it. And that's the whole concept of what we call herd immunity. You, that's, you know, that's why we, as healthcare professionals, we're really pushing for everybody to go out and get vaccinated because once we vaccinated everybody, we can get rid of coronavirus. It's when, you know, when say, for example, 5% or 10% of the population have not been vaccinated if they then get the vaccine and it then mutates into you know a different strain of that virus it will then spread across the masses again so it's really reliant on everybody getting vaccinated so that that doesn't happen um but sorry i went a bit i went a bit off track there but the, no, no. the is there's no microchips in anything and i mean the question i often ask myself is you know we have a pothole next to the side of um my road and i've been I'm sure asking the government for years to come and fix that puddle and it hasn't happened yet. So I don't know why people think that the government all of a sudden is going to put so much money into <laughs> tracking them with 5G devices, you know, it's just, yeah. It's, it's amazing how polarizing COVID has become though, because I have friends who, you know, suddenly have become these rabid anti-vaxxers. And, and, you know, if you put something on your timeline about the, the COVID uh, vaccine, people go absolutely nuts. And I, and I kind of think to myself, 
Why? Why is there, there all of this fear mongering? I mean, I've heard just recently, okay, um, and, and, and this is both sides of the coin. Number one, in, uh, in a place that has got a, a hot, humid uh, environment, climate, you, you can't get COVID there. And also cold weather and snow can kill COVID. So that's two different sides of the same coin. Is that true? So that's definitely not true. Um, there has, well, there's been no temperature linked to the actual virus itself, but also viruses would have to be, you know, in, in terms of heat, you'd have to be looking at boiling temperature minimum to actually kill a virus. So if you're living in a hot climate of 30, 30 to 40 degrees Celsius, it's never going to be the 100 degrees Celsius that you need to actually kill the virus itself. So that's definitely not possible. Um, in terms of cold, what cold actually does to living organisms is it actually freezes it and it allows it to live longer. So that's also definitely not true. Um, All right. Well, that's, so, that's, that's scratch taking a hot bath uh, off yeah. of my list as well. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Um, no, I think that what happens with social media is that uh, somebody, you know, they get an idea and potentially they spread this idea and then people pick from that idea. Um, and, you know, sometimes information is misconstrued, but when it is sort of spread or translated from one person to another, it becomes this sort of broken telephone. And then, you know, it goes from, you know, point A to, you know, point A, B, C, D, F, Y, G, you know, you know what I mean? It, it just, it becomes yeah. out of control. And all of a sudden what was a, you know, a, an idea becomes this crazy sort of, you know, thing that everybody is now sort of thinking and it, the more it gets spread on social media, the more people are exposed to it and it kind of becomes accepted as, you know, a, a, a train of thought or a common thinking. And that's, that's incorrect. And, you know, you see it with other sectors of society as well. It's not just medicine. Um, you know, politics is a big one, um, you know, where people sort of, they see what's on their Facebook timeline or on their, their Twitter feed or, or what it, whatever it is. And, you know, it can really be misleading um, when it isn't factual information. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the problem, you know, with, with, with COVID, we've gotten so many of these armchair experts that think about things. Um, there was a friend of mine the other day who is like seriously opposed to this whole idea of the vaccine. And yet he was, um, he was in the army in, in the same, at the same time period I was. And my question yeah. to him was, well, do you have any idea when we were all forced to stand in the queue and they stuck needles into our arms, do you even know what vaccines we were getting then? And the answer yeah. was no. I said, and now there's one that's going, you know, people getting vaccines all over the world. Um, and now this one is a problem. I said, you know, in the, 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 the South African Defense Force in the 80s, who knows what they injected into us? I don't. And, and I've still survived. So, you know. Um, so now things, Ali, just moving on now, things that, that people are saying can um, help with the the coronavirus and, and, and preventing it and everything. Ultraviolet lamps, they reckon, can can kill. Um, I'm going to go through a list and then you can just tell me afterwards, yes or no. Um, those hand dryers, those air dryers, they can kill COVID-19. Ultraviolet lamps can kill COVID-19. If you spray alcohol or even worse, chlorine all over your body, that can kill COVID-19. Um, those, just those, okay? Are, are there any facts in any of those? So, unfortunately, there are no facts in any of those. I think the idea of the ultraviolet is that there was a few studies done to, to show if, it, if there was any link between that and, and um, lessening the spread of TB. 
Um, but COVID is not um, the same type of organism. COVID is a virus and TB is a mycobacterium, which is completely different. So those two actually have no link. That's, you know, one of those, you know, I was just going back to what I was saying. People, they, you know, they, they sort of, they pick at an idea, but then spread, you know, the wrong information about that idea. Um, but in terms of the spraying yourself with alcohol, that's definitely not going to kill the virus because the virus is inside of your body. Um, I definitely believe that hand sanitizing is a great way to not transmit the virus from one person to the next, because if it is on your hands, you have a better chance of removing whatever germs they are on your hands with, with D-germ and alcohol, those sort of things. However, if somebody coughs in the room, you know, or somewhere around you, or, you, you know, it's, it's spread through um, either through, you know, through um, to airborne transmission um, or what we're seeing in hospitals as well is the, the fecal oral route as well. So sanitizing your hands is good, but it's not going to prevent it from, you know, if somebody cough, coughs and it, it enters your system, once it's in your system, there's nothing you can do on the outside that is going to kill it. And please don't go and drink a whole bottle of, I don't know, or vodka or something because that's just going to cause alcohol poisoning it's not going to kill the the, the virus once it is inside of your body either so uh, um, yeah. so many stories about that um one of the things though is you know i always say to somebody if you're going to cough you know please stand far away so that you can far cough um and uh that sometimes doesn't go down as well as it could um yeah. the other thing is they reckon only old people can get covid well, that's definitely not true. Um, in fact, with the the third wave that we are that we were seeing now, most elderly people were actually vaccinated, uh, or a big population of them were vaccinated. So generally, the population that was being admitted to hospital were all the younger people because they hadn't been vaccinated yet. And so, if you feel like you are twenty years old or thirty years old and you are safe, that is completely incorrect. Um, you are as much at risk of having COVID and you are as much at risk of having bad COVID. Um, I've seen multiple patients that are 25 to 30 years old who have landed up in ICU and some of them have unfortunately even died. Um, I have so many colleagues who have contracted COVID itself um, that I work with, um, you know, myself included. We've, you know, we've all kind of had it by now. Um, it's not to say that, you know, just because you are younger and fit and healthier, that you can't contract it. You definitely can contract it. Everybody can contract it. And that's the, you know, that's the truth. And now there's a lot of people spreading around. I mean, at one stage on, on, on my, uh, on, on my timeline, and I had to have some serious words with them on, on, on Facebook, people were peddling um, certain um, antibiotics that were not really uh, for humans. Um, and others were saying, if you take X, Y, and Z antibiotics or this medicine, are antibiotics effective in preventing and or treating COVID? Are there any medicines that we can use to prevent or treat COVID? So the short answer is no. And the reason for that is I'll, I'll try and explain with basic biology. Like I said earlier, COVID is a it's a virus, and viruses are so such small sort of um, organisms that antibiotics do not work against viruses. Whether it is HIV or measles virus or you know any virus, antibiotics do not work against them because they're too small to kill. The only way we sort of can protect ourselves against viruses is to stop them 
replicating or getting worse. That is why we don't have a cure for HIV yet, because it's a virus, so we can't cure the disease. Um, what antibiotics actually work on are bacteriums or or fungi, or you know, they th those are much larger organisms. So the antibiotic can get into the body and actually kill it. Um, so when I said the short answer is no, you can't take any antibiotic that is going to kill COVID, and you can't take anything that's going to prevent you from getting it. But where antibiotics sometimes play a part or play a role is once you've contracted COVID, it weakens your immune system. You are then at risk of developing other organisms other bacterias or so that could cause other, you know, other infections in the body that then might need an, an antibiotic. But COVID itself cannot be treated or prevented with an antibiotic, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Okay. So now let's let's move on and because because we're debunking stuff here. We've talked about microchips, they're not going to happen. Um, now one of the big ones, okay, is that the, the the vaccines that that we're getting and and I had the the Pfizer one the, the one we had to have two I think some people have only had the had the one dose or whatever but a lot of people are saying no hang on now we're not taking this this we're not going to have this vaccine because it's safe all of the normal safety protocols have been circumvented the whole idea is that they just got this thing out as quickly as possible they didn't do any of their homework and now the big businesses are pushing these vaccines so they can make more money. And as a result, government is involved as well. They push these vaccines despite any risks. Talk to me about that. Okay, so um, I think people's concern is the timeline that the vaccine became effective. And the, the truth is that the vaccines were tested um, over a 12 month to 18 month period, which is a significant time period for testing in the medical in the medical field. Um, and in terms of the efficacy, the entire world basically shut down when it came to COVID-19 because of the, the economic um, problems that everybody was facing. And all of the drug companies, all of the science labs and stuff, they put all of their efforts into COVID-19. And I, I, I honestly believe that's why they were able to create um, a vaccine in such a short amount of time. Um, with that being said, the vaccine has been tested um, and it has passed numerous um, regulations and trials in order to become effective. They would never release a vaccine that could, you know, potentially harm anyone simply because if a drug company does that, that's it, they are done. They will never release another drug again and they'll never be trusted again. So, you know, all of these big corporates and manufacturers, yes, they are pushing the vaccine, but they're not pushing it from a, you know, wanting to make money point of view. I think they're pushing it because they want to get the world back to normal again point of view. Um, and the vaccine is, it is definitely safe. I, I read somewhere the other day that it's actually FDA approved um, in the United States, the Pfizer vaccine now. So, um, you know, they, they're all, they all went through, you know, meticulous uh, screening programs to make sure that they were safe and, um, they are safe. And, you know, every single person that has, you know, the numbers I was reading from earlier today, um, I think this is a Krotiskia hospital of the, I think, um, the 89 patients that are admitted, um, the amount of patients admitted of the 89, only three of them were vaccinated, whereas the other 86 were not vaccinated. And not a single one of the patients that were vaccinated were in ICU or died. So, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. And 
we're seeing that the vaccine is definitely doing its job, is definitely protecting people. And, you know, the, the one thing I really want to say is that because by its nature, a vaccine is a weakened form of the actual virus, anything that a vac- vaccine is going to give to you, if you actually got the virus itself, it would have, it would have happened a thousand times worse, if that makes sense. Mm, okay. Well, th- let's let's talk a little bit about this, uh, Ali, because um, a lot of people, are, and I see this all the time still now, even this year, it's crazy, um, where, where you get all of these stats about the the, the sort of um, the Spanish flu and SARS viruses, and the, the people are showing you these statistics where it, it says, you know, like um, those killed way more people um and you know things like tb and oh you can you can name it um malaria kills way more people than uh covid-19 so why is everybody getting all worked up about covid-19 um and and you know it's it's one of those weird things because you know i just the way people justify this i, I don't i don't understand um is covid less deadly so I think a lot of people have that opinion until they have a family member or a friend that is actually badly affected by COVID. And I see as soon as that happens, people tend to change their, their train of thought. Um, COVID is definitely as deadly as the other diseases that you mentioned, the other flus, the other, you know, TB, the, the, the SARS virus, the, the Spanish flu. But what makes COVID even more dangerous is how easy it is to spread. And, you know, with the, you know, with TB and the other flus, half of, you know, I'd say 75% of the, the, Cape, the Cape Town population has TB in their lungs. It's just because we have such strong immune systems that we're able to fight it. And what makes COVID so dangerous is that even if you have a strong immune system, even if you are a 20-year-old marathon runner, you can still end up in ICU. You can still end up on a ventilator and it's so unpredictable in its disease process that we are not able to say who it is going to affect badly and who it is going to kill and who it's not going to kill. Now you, you, you add that to the fact that it, it spreads at a much higher rate and in a much quicker way than any other disease that we've encountered so far. And that's why all this emphasis is on COVID-19. And that's why, you know, the entire world shut down basically in order to curb the spread. You know, you look at governments and large corporates and stuff, and they knew the importance of shutting down. They would not have done it unless they absolutely had to. And it's because the the evidence shows that had we, you know, had we not done, taken those precautions that we could have wiped out a significant number of the population and a significant number of the working population, not just the old and frail, but also the people that are going to, you know, take the country forward and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is because it's another one of those things is these people who all reckon, you know, that, that it's a myth because I know people as well. They go, nope, it's a myth. There's that there, there is no such thing as COVID. It's just a bad form of flu. But I don't see many of those people who who, who proclaim that it's not a really dangerous and uh, deadly virus and everything. I don't see many of them volunteering though to go and work in COVID wards, which to me is yeah. strange. Um, the other thing I've heard as well is you need to avoid certain ethnicities. Um, and, and, and then if you do that, you'll be okay. So, for example, Chinese people, because it originated in Wuhan, uh, Italians, because they, they, they got it really, really badly there. 
Um, also, not popping, uh, not popping bubble wrap when you get packages because that contains air from China. And uh, also, don't eat Chinese food. So, where do we stand on that? You know, that's uh, I think um, some horrible stereotypes, and that is completely debunked and de- and a complete myth. Um, any person, regardless of age, race, sex, um, can get COVID nineteen. It's you know, it's one of those things that it doesn't discriminate against who you are, what color you are. And it honestly, you can pop your bubbles from China. There's probably less likelihood of, of, of contracting it from popping bubbles from China than there is from going to the Woolies down the road and, you know, getting getting something from the teller. Um, so the, the truth is that it's it's got nothing to do with, with race or, you know, who it's spread to first, the Italians and so forth. Um, it's everybody's at risk and... You don't know who is asymptomatic and a carrier um, and who is potentially, you know, badly sick. So you can get it from anywhere you go. And yeah, no, that's uh, completely, um, yeah, completely wrong. Now, this this is something that we need to we need to talk about as well as we as we head towards the end of this chat, though. Um, the, the the concept of immunity. Um, I, I, you know, many people go, well, listen, my immune system is incredibly strong. I never, ever get sick. So, um, you know, I, I reckon I'm okay. Um, and then uh, there's other people that say that uh, if you, the best way to deal with it is if you get COVID, um, you know, that's so you, you develop an, an immunity then, it's much better than a vaccine immunity. Um, and then thirdly there, because we can talk about all of those things, um, is people are now saying if you've already had COVID, then you don't need to worry to be vaccinated. Talk to me about that. Okay, well, so the first point was that, um, uh, just remind me again, the first point was? The natural immunity you, you develop after, after you've gotten COVID. Yeah, so once you've had COVID, you do build up a, an immune response and you do have what we call antibodies, which is what the vaccine gives you as well. The only difference is that those, those antibodies maybe will last for six weeks to three months, whereas the vaccine, if you get all of your doses, can last up to two years so yes you are in in theory immune to COVID for the next maybe six weeks to three months but you can still get it again which is what we're seeing countless times you know people who had it in the first wave last year then got it again in the second wave and then got it again in the third wave and the reason for that is that the antibodies do not last long or the protection that memory to, to fight the disease doesn't last long if just having the infection itself, you need to actually have the vaccine because it's going to give you, and that's why we give you, it's not just one jab, it's a couple of jabs sometimes because it's giving you that prolonged sort of ability to fight the virus. Um, Yes. The second point, um, just remind me. Um, Immunity. If you've got a strong immune system, so people are going, well, I've never even so much as gotten the flu. I've got a very strong immune system. So that's also completely incorrect. Um, you know, as I said earlier, we can't predict who is going to be badly affected and who's not. But we are seeing so many young people who should not be in an ICU for a pneumonia, um, or they should not be in the ICU because their lungs are giving in. Or you know, that this is what COVID nineteen can do, and it doesn't. You know, it's you can be a marathon runner that you know you know, is the healthiest person and eats healthily and all of these things, but you can still be affected by it and you can still end up in ICU on a ventilator. So 
just because you're healthy and you're fit, it doesn't mean you shouldn't go and get vaccinated. You could still, you know, there is still the chance of that happening. So my recommendation is definitely go out. If you can get the vaccine, get the vaccine as soon as you can. And you definitely will be happier down the line. The other thing is, is in terms of this, I mean, there's there's a lot of people um, that I've come across, and, and I must be honest, I, I do this just as a matter of course. Um, I am diabetic, so I think I have what they call a comorbidity there. But um, I have increased my, my intake of um, zinc and vitamin C and vitamin D, which is what they say can, can help boost your immune system. Um, does it help or, or is it just me feeling better to say I'm taking vitamins? So it's exactly what you said. It boosts your immune system. It won't fight COVID itself, but it will it will give you, it will sort of make your immune system as strong as it possibly can. So should you come into contact with it, you give yourself the best fighting chance. So, you know, it's, it's not going to cure the disease at all, but it's going to give you the best chance of fighting the disease by yourself, if that makes sense, you know. Mm, so, okay. I, yeah, you know, taking the vitamins and stuff, that's going to be good for you, not just for COVID, it's going to be good for you for a handful of things, you know, for mm. from other like diseases or, or you know, just, feeling healthy, feeling, you know, good and strong in your body to be in a good position. So it just, you know, it makes you the best version of yourself. All right. Now, 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 <laughs> um, some of the other, the, the other myths uh, I mentioned, we are heading towards the end of this and wrap it up. Cause I could talk to you forever about this, but I know you're a busy person. Um, you can get COVID-19 from the COVID-19 vaccines and also, the COVID-19 vaccines can uh, make you infertile. Uh, where, where do we stand on that? No, so there's actually been no proof that the COVID-19 vaccine can make you infertile. And one of, the one of the first tests that they would ever do when creating a vaccine or drug is to make sure that, that, that there is no risk of infertility because that is one of the most you know, important things of being a human you know you want to have children one day so if there was any risk of that they would never have allowed it to go through to marketing um or production and so you, they but you know to add to that there have been no actual cases of people becoming infertile because of COVID-19 you know you know just taking us back to what an actual vaccine is it's a weakened form of the virus itself and COVID cannot cause infertility it has it there's no cases where it causes infertility so i like to explain you know the vaccine as a less form or a sort of five percent of what covid actually would do to you but you would have the same sort of symptoms if that makes sense so you know people who you know linked you know there was one study saying that there might be a link to blood clots and and so on those people were at risk of blood clots and the reason why they had those blood clots wasn't because of the vaccine. It was because they were predisposed to those clots already. And should they have come into contact with COVID-19 itself rather than the vaccine, those clots would not have been a treatable clot. It would have been a clot that would have shot to the lung or to the brain or to the heart and they would have died from it. So the vaccine, it, it is just a weak or a very small version of the events that you would experience if you get COVID itself. Okay. So another one of those things is, and then we're going to, we're going to head to, to wrapping up. Um, I've heard people, more armchair experts going, the vaccine doesn't work. So, you know, it doesn't always work. So I'm just not going to bother to get vaccinated. I'm going to take 
my chances. Is is that a thing? No, that is not a thing. Um, the vaccine doesn't stop you from ever getting COVID. The vaccine stops you from dying from COVID or getting a severe form of COVID. So, you know, just going through those numbers again at Krutuski Hospital where there's 89 admitted patients with COVID-19 and of the 89, three people were vaccinated and 86 were not vaccinated, which is something like 90 to 95%. So if you look at just the number in whole, the chances are if you get COVID, if you get vaccinated, should you come into contact with COVID-19, which we all will at some point, you will not get a bad version of the disease and you will not end up in hospital and you definitely will not die from it. And that's the whole point of, of COVID-19 itself. Um, so where people feel like the vaccine doesn't work, well, we have the numbers to prove that it does work. And we also have the numbers to prove that, um, you know, that taking your chances is definitely not the smart option because how long are you going to, you know, at some point in your life, you are going to come across it. It's, it's everywhere these days. So if you are fully vaccinated and, you know, you do come into contact with it, you have just such a better chance of fighting the virus and, you know, and like the likelihood is that you won't end up in a hospital. You'll probably have a mild flu for a couple of days if you do get it. And then, you know, after a couple of days, you'll be back to normal. Yeah. Now, just before I say goodbye to you, because, uh, you know, one of the things that, that some, some of the people I know that are, are talking about, they're going, no, listen, the side effects. Now, I can talk, I can speak to side effects because I've had both jabs now. After the yeah. first, I had a headache. My body was a bit achy. Um, that yeah. lasted for two days. And then it was gone, like it was never there. After yeah. the second vaccine, I got a monster headache. Um, and I felt really achy and fevery for three days. And then literally it was gone. Like, it's not like when you get flu and then you feel sick and then you can feel yourself getting better. It's there, you feel terrible and it's gone. At least that was my experience. Now, um, my fiance has had the jab, my sister and my mom. Now my sister is in her fifties. My mom is 78. Um, my fiance is still in her forties. My mom, not a single, single thing wrong with her. She didn't feel anything, okay? Yeah. My sister, also, nothing, not a single thing. And then my fiancé just felt a little feverish after hers. So yeah. the side effects are there. But I just thought to myself, if this, is, if this is like a side effect of having a little bit of this in my body, I yeah. sure as heck don't want to get full-on COVID. That's, I think you summed it up brilliantly. If that's what it would do to you with the vaccine, could you imagine what it would have done to you had you gotten, you know, full-blown COVID? Um, yeah. so, you know, if, if you have two of headaches, that means that you might have had two weeks of headaches with actual COVID. Mm. If you had, if you felt a little bit, you know, a little bit nauseous, a little bit short of breath for a couple of hours, that means you might have ended up on a ventilator not being able to breathe at all. You know, if, if you feel like, if you have the vaccine and you're down for maybe four or five days, who knows when you had, if you gotten COVID itself, you might've even died. And that's, yeah. that, that's the message that I think I just want to share with everyone. It's that having the vaccine, you might still, you know, experience some side effects. I myself, I experienced side effects after I got my jab and I had a bit of a headache. My body was really sore. Um, wasn't feeling great. Um, but 
within a couple of days, you know, like you said, back to normal, completely fine. And that to me just shows that had I got, and you know, had I gotten COVID itself, it would have gotten, it would have been incredibly worse. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're saying here, and this is the message that, that I think you want to get across and I want to get across, get vaccinated. We're probably not going to get rid of COVID-19. I don't know. I'm not a doctor there. But but I do know that, uh, you know, I would much rather get the milder version than potentially die, and particularly with the fact that I, I have comorbidity. But also, I just don't want to be one of those arrogant people that walks around with the chance of infecting other people. So I'm all for be- becoming part of that herd uh, for the herd immunity. What you are saying, though, Ali, is that even though you've been vaccinated, it doesn't mean you won't get COVID. It just means that if you do get it, it's going to be a lot less worse than it could have been. Do I understand that part correctly? Yes, 100%. 100%. After my vaccines, I can't go, okay, well, I'm now vaccinated. I'm cool. Sorry for all the rest of the sheep out there. Um, I'm going to stop taking precautions and I'm going to just go back to life. Don't worry about masks, social distancing, anything. That's not true, though, is it? No, no. You know, you can still contract it. And even if you're not badly affected by it, you could still spread it to other people. And, you know, what happens is when when, all, when the virus spreads as it does, it can mutate. And then, you know, there'll be different forms of the virus and that'll just create, you know, more problems. So, you have to still, you know, do your best to isolate, wear your mask when you can, if you're in public areas and so on. And we do still have to take a concerted effort at maintaining, you know, s- strict precautions. Wonderful stuff. Well, I think that about uh, wraps it up for us. Dr. Ali Parker, thank you so much for taking the time out, having a chat to us and debunking some of these myths about uh, the COVID-19 and what it can and cannot do. Again, the message is get vaccinated. Um, It's just going to make everybody's lives a lot easier. And it's really not a problem to get it done. Okay, so go out there and do it. Dr. Ali Parker, thank you so much. Sure. Thank you for having me. And it was a pleasure. There we go. That was our special guest, Dr. Ali Parker. Uh, talking to us about uh, the COVID vaccine. Somebody works on the front line, so uh, he should know what he's talking about. So to the armchair experts, please take that under consideration as well. Uh, As I said, wraps it up for today. To each and every one of you, take care, look after yourselves, and thank you for listening.